Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 170 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. One week to go, just one more week and my traditional season end will be upon us. With so much still to do, I have a race to get the honey room ready for extraction. Beekeeping Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're all safe and well, wherever you may be enjoying your beekeeping. Another week and the weather change has been fairly dramatic, from rainy, cooler days to a sudden blast of heat. Temperatures hitting mid to high 20s Celsius here in Norfolk, around 80 plus Fahrenheit, I guess. Again, here in the UK, typically we generally struggle with these changes in temperature, always something to complain about I guess. The worst part of it for me is getting sweat in my eyes when I'm inspecting but other than that I really do enjoy these variations in our seasons. It is obviously quite testing when you're out beekeeping all day particularly when there's not much protection from the sun but with regular drinks breaks and a shady spot for lunch it's not all bad really. Being where we are in East Anglia we tend not to get a great deal of rain, particularly through the summer. So this year has been something of a change for us. Everything still has that lush green look to it. Plants, and weeds of course, growing so quickly. And the nectar flow in the last couple of weeks has been fantastic. I was at our Fishing Lakes apiary this week. I have a quantity of 14 by 12 national nukes that are ready for a fellow beekeeper and I have to say I was amazed at how fantastic they looked. The biggest challenge is holding them back so that they don't swarm such is the rapid growth in them. Replacing a frame of brood with a frame of foundation helps and it's amazing to see just how quickly a nucleus colony given the right conditions and having enough resources there I go again anyway it's amazing to see just how quickly they can draw a frame of foundation. Within a matter of a few days, fully drawn, laden with nectar and pollen, and the queen having laid a nice area of eggs in the middle. It's so rewarding, and to be honest, I'm going to be sorry to see them go, such is the strength of these nucleus colonies. I will of course retain a few colonies myself, and those will become my nucleus colonies to overwinter. I have some fantastic locally reared queens at the moment and they easily match the buckfast queens that I've been trialling. It makes me wonder why I'm spending good money on other bees but I do know lots of beekeepers like the buckfast type queens and so I will invest in some queens for the autumn to overwinter for nucleus sales in the spring next year but more of that later. We're always planning for the next season it seems. Our summer comes at such a rush 
we seem to have waited such a long time this year for spring and when it finally got going it just seemed like a mad rush and here we are just weeks away from it all drawing to a close again. One of the main jobs this past week has been making up new frames for the nukes that we're about to create. I like my nukes for sale to have brand new frames and fresh foundation in them. I remember quite clearly some of the very first nukes I bought as a beginner beekeeper and to be honest as a beginner beekeeper you're really relying on the honesty of the seller to provide tip-top bees in great condition because you just don't have the knowledge to spot a poor nuke from a good one. This is why we make sure our bees are bursting out of the box and on fantastic healthy comb, not some old rubbish from three or four years ago. There's nothing wrong with a season's worth of activity in the comb, but older than that, and it becomes dark, almost black, and chewed out gnarly rubbish that I wouldn't want to risk my reputation on. It takes a long while to build up a good reputation, and just seconds with the advent of social media to have it torn down. Anyway, back to the beekeeping this week. The usual mixed bag of colonies. How I wish they were all like my strongest colonies. Now that would be exciting. But as ever, some colonies are super strong. Some doing very nicely. Others just kind of ticking along. And some that are actually really, really struggling. But that's beekeeping, right? As ever. I'm very grateful to be in a position to have such a wide range of colony strength. I do feel sorry for anyone out there who is sat with just one or two colonies and having a battle to keep them alive. I've one or two colonies like that myself and it's not particularly nice to inspect them. Always a heavy sigh and a hope that they'll survive another week. Honestly, I should probably unite them with another colony, but keeping them in place allows me to show other beekeepers what a struggle we all have. You're not in this alone. I had a couple of colonies in a week state last week at the Borage, and I decided I would help them out a little. In the end, I helped just one, but I'm hopeful this week they'll have a busier feel to them. I always keep a few nucleus colonies on site to act as supporter or feeder colonies. Remember, they always all have to be healthy. No moving sickly stock around from one hive to another. That's just asking for trouble. The weak colonies were ones that had somehow decided to push themselves to the verge of starvation, but I caught them just in time. They're now tiny nuke-sized colonies, at least they were last week, and having a struggle to do anything because they just don't have enough bees in them to get out and do what needs to be done. Foraging, coming back, looking after larvae, guarding the entrance, all those regular jobs that other colonies take for granted. So I decided I would help them out by adding a few frames of brood from one of the nukes. The nuke box I opened was absolutely bursting with bees, frames and frames of brood, and honestly, they could have simply been moved into a hive in their own right. I could have almost swapped the kit and put the nuke into the hive and one of the hives into the nuke. It just didn't occur to me at the time. Oh well. Anyway, to help support the weaker colony, I took three frames of sealed brood and put them all into the one hive. 
I maybe should have split it two in one and one in the other and had both of the weaker hives helped out. But honestly, I was hot, alone, sweating buckets and just wanted my lunch. So here there's good news and potentially bad news. The good news is I've added extra brood to a weak colony and when the sealed brood emerges it's going to rapidly increase the population of this hive and they'll expand dramatically. The nuke that I took the frames from has been weakened so it won't now burst out of the nuke box and swarm and they should be fine to overwinter as they are as they now replace the older comb that I've removed with some nice new frames of shiny drawn out foundation. The bad news, and this kind of popped into my head after the event, and we all make mistakes of course and I'm no different to anyone else, you'll remember I always talk about having enough resources, bees and forage for food. Well, I may have just overloaded this weak colony with too many resources. They were barely on three frames of brood and bees, and I've just dumped another three frames of brood into them. It could all go to pot very quickly. Without enough bees to maintain a decent brood nest temperature overnight, the sealed brood could perish, and I'll be left with a small-sized nucleus colony with several frames of dead brood, killed with kindness maybe. That said, and I'm being optimistic here, the overnight temperatures recently have been high and sealed brood doesn't need the same temperatures as open brood to survive. We might find that all of the brood has survived and some may even be emerging as I speak. I'll find out on Friday. I think this might feature in a video. It's about time I showed another horror story. Look out for this one in a week or two, but be warned, it might not look very pretty. I'm not taking any more supers or boxes generally to the borage. I think our time will soon be up and the colonies generally had enough space on them to cope. If they have filled up all the boxes and they need more, we do have some spare capacity on site, but I think it's unlikely now. If we have every box filled, I'll be very happy and it will make for a busy old time extracting it all. Talking of extracting... I do need to get cracking in the honey room. I have a few jobs that need to be tackled and that's before we bring the honey in for extracting. You may recall I had a wall put up to separate the back of the unit and create a clean room for extracting honey. Well, that's been a big success. It also means we can keep the back room relatively warm in the winter, which is a bonus when we're producing microscopy and baking videos. The truth is I nearly came a cropper this week and tripped on an extension lead. No damage done to either equipment or me, but it had all the hallmarks of a warning to get things sorted before things get busier. So, two things are happening in the next couple of weeks, I hope. Firstly, I have an electrician coming in to price up the job of adding some sockets in safe places so I can hook up all of my extraction gear and bottling equipment without having leads running along the floor. Possibly ceiling mounted or high up the wall sockets, which seems like a good idea to me. I've also managed to get a Euro to UK plug adapter stuck in one of the wall sockets, so I want to see if he can get that out without breaking anything. 
I thought everything sold in the UK had to be fitted with a UK plug, but not, it appears, if it's for business purposes or for beekeepers. Anyway, it will be good to get those trip hazards off the floor and suspended at neck height. I better get some danger of death warning tape too. It's not just me in the honey room. Pete will be in there too. The other urgent and important job is to get some white washable cladding on the walls. Now I know I've mentioned this before and yes it was urgent and important then but it's even more urgent and important now and if I'm clearing out the room to make space for the electrician to work I may as well keep everything out for a weekend and get the cladding up too. I'm going to do this job myself. It seems fairly straightforward. A simple glue and fix job. What could possibly go wrong? If he behaves himself, I may invite Pete over to help out. It's the kind of job that's right up his street. Finally, and I mentioned nukes earlier, we're going to be activating our nukes for sale webpage again. I've really enjoyed helping a lot of new beekeepers get started this year, and it's been great to hear all of the nuke success stories, but it's also been nice to be able to help out the odd one or two that have gone a little awry. We're hoping to have nukes available in a few different hive types, standard national, 14x12s, commercial and Langstroth. I may also be able to help with a top bar hive nuke, who knows. The webpage will be set up for you to order a nucleus colony by placing an order to secure your place on the list. Very much a first come first serve scenario and I'm anticipating a significant uplift in the numbers ordered on last year, especially as we've been posting a few pictures showing how the nukes have developed recently. The nukes of course will be collection only. I really don't want to entrust these valuable boxes of bees to anyone else, but I may see if I can arrange a meeting place somewhere less out of the way than Norfolk to make it easier for beekeepers to collect. So, if you're after a nucleus colony, or you know someone who's likely to want a nucleus colony next spring, do sign up to my emails via the website and look out for that all-important email to drop. It's one of those opportunities you really don't want to miss. Another opportunity you really don't want to miss is my latest podcast. A podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost less than a couple of bags of fondant, and that's next day delivery prices. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up to my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat and maybe some behind-the-scenes photos. That's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.